Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with Dr. Mark Hamby and I'm so glad to have him with us this week. Um, I know that you are already being encouraged and we're gonna continue our conversation, but before we do, I wanna thank our sponsor again, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great math curriculum, go to ctcmath.com. Check them out for free, ctcmath.com. You will be excited. Um, If you haven't done it, just go do a couple of test lessons with your kids and see if this is a good fit for you and your family, ctcmath.com. Mark Hamby, welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad to have you with me today. Me too. Um, You know, we're talking about the importance of reading and and of our, our ability to create what God has put in us, you know, to create mentally um, and visually what God has already instilled in our in our minds. I mean, it's so amazing to think of how the Lord made our brains to function. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of scary as a parent, you know, to, it, I feel like so many times there's so many do's and don'ts. Um, and we want to do all the right things so that we don't mess up our kids. You know, I know that every parent is going to have regrets in a lot of ways, but our my goal as a mom, one of my goals is for my kids to leave my house with as few regrets as possible, with me having as few regrets as possible in the way that I've raised them and in the way that my husband has raised them. Um, and this is an area that I think is really important is, is what our kids are feeding into their brains. What What is going in? Um, we We live in a world where I think Satan is very clever in trying to convince us that some of the things that our kids are reading or watching can somehow be good for them, right? And even good for them spiritually. And I think this can be a very dangerous thing. And I know I'm going to, I am going to, I'm going to rock the boat a little bit and I'm going to have some people who are not going to love this question, but I'm going to ask it to you anyway, because I know that this is somewhat of a controversial um, area in the Christian world and in the Christian homeschool world. There are so many books like the Harry Potter series and other, you know, types of of books, Call of the Wild, um, popular dystopian books, things like that, that a lot of parents will say, you know, it's okay. They can, there's a lot for them to learn from this. My kid really enjoys reading them. What are your thoughts on those types of books? Great question. I love this question. You ready? I don't know. Here we go. I know what I think about it. I want to know what you think about it. Okay. So all literature comes from a person's worldview. Um, an author um, such as Harry, you know, Harry Potter series, you know, she has a worldview. She has a view of God that all, all literature, all books, and by the way, there's 2.2 million books printed every year, new wow. books. That's, a lot, That's of a lot of books. Yeah. So how do we keep up with that? How do we know who's writing what and how do we know what their background is? Yeah. So um, everyone is, is going to influence the people who read those books um, they're going to influence them by their worldview. They're going to, that's, that's who we are. We write about what we know, our own, our own um, knowledge, our accumulated effective knowledge. And so, um, so that's, that's number one. Do, do you know as a parent, have you done your due diligence to know, you know, what these authors are about? What's their lifestyle? You know, and, and so if they're, if they're living an immoral lifestyle, you know, then why do I want my kids to be influenced? Even, no matter how great their writing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where parents would take issue. Like parents say, like, well, we're not going to just throw out the baby with the bathwater just because they're evil. They may be writing something really good. So why can't we 
learn from them. And that's right. what I want to talk about. And it's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Just happened to have my Bible open to it. thought you were going to be asking me this question. We've got to find out what God wants for our children more than anything. God knows what's best. He created us. He knows what's best for us. He knows when we break rules, there are consequences. He knows what boundaries to give us. And he's given us boundaries in the books that our children read. It's in the word of God. You know, first, you know, the little, the little truths, you know, you know, think on things that are good, lovely, just, of good report, if there be any virtue, any praise, think on these things. And mm -hmm. so, you know, um, you know, the, let, let me digress a little bit. You know, okay. the dystopian literature, um, Call of the Wild, Call of the Wild, you fall in love with the, uh, the dog that's, you know, being attacked and you want this dog to kill the other dogs. Um, at the end of the book, you, you are a believer in evolution, the survival of the fittest. Um, it is it is duped you to place to to put your guard down and to embrace by your emotions someone who's been taken advantage of and you want the other dog you want this dog to win you want him the survival of the fittest you want that that comes into your mind and you accept it as a a new value because of what you just read the same thing's true with with um, Harry Potter I'm just going to be briefly describe that you're going to end up the um, Ends justify the means. Um, you're going to learn that with Harry Potter. And then you're, you're going to see some other subtle things happen, immoral things happen in Harry Potter too. Lying, um, sexuality, all of that's in there. Um, dystopian literature. Now, if I had not done this study, I, lo I love dystopian movies. I love the dystopian stories. They're amazing. But what people don't realize is that they don't really read with a critical eye and discernment. And discernment's everything. Um, Right. Proverbs chapter two teaches us that if we um, if we search for wisdom more than hidden treasure, that we will understand the fear of the Lord. And by the way, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. I'm gonna now, Yvette. I'm gonna give you a, a trick question. You're gonna probably answer it wrong. You ready? Sure. Okay. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge. Um, <laughs> Too bad you got it wrong. <laughs> Knowledge. <laughs> that was a great. That was a great catch. Good save, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You're <was> welcome. <laughs> nine, nine out of ten people say wisdom. Um, in wisdom, in chapter nine, you know, it's chapter one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Chapter nine, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. It takes twelve lessons of wisdom that the child has to learn in order to reach wisdom in chapter nine. Mm -hmm. But he's got to learn all twelve lessons first. In the beginning, this fear of the Lord, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If that's true, then we need to find the source of this knowledge, which is the fear of the Lord. And the Bible spells it out clearly. It even tells you the fear of the Lord is this. Guess what it mm -hmm. is? Hate what God hates and love what God loves. Right. It's simple. L learn to love what God loves and hate what God hates. As you're reading something, if you're reading something that is against God's boundaries, mm -hmm. it violates God's character, then we're to hate that. We're not to continue to say, oh, I can learn something from this. That's wrong. You know, we don't learn from evil. Jesus never, ever learned from evil. He, just, he didn't go in that direction. Right. He always taught us what was good and holy. Okay, so, so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then in chapter 2, it says this. It says, if you search for wisdom more than hidden treasure, you will understand the fear of the Lord. But you got to search for it with all your heart. You'll understand the fear of the Lord. And it says, then you will find the knowledge of God. And then guess what happens next? <laughs> I love this part. And wisdom or and knowledge will become pleasant to your soul. I love that. This is in chapter two. When knowledge starts to become pleasant to someone's soul. So when they're reading something, 
there's people will have a certain sense about what they're reading. It'll either make them feel joyful mm -hmm. and fulfilled, or it'll put this unfulfilled uneasiness inside of them. God's given us a conscience to see that. Right. And when they're reading something, and if they if they have a conscience that is that is working, you know, because they've not been filled with all this other stuff that's that's harmful, yeah, right. then they're going to start seeing what's bad. And this is what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter twelve. Um, this is a hard pill to swallow, but it's in the Bible. Um, besides being wise, the preacher, and by the way, the word preacher is the word for collector. He's collecting things. He's collecting the words, the most important words in the universe. That's what, that's what Ecclesiastes is all about. People will live life either under the sun, temporary, mm -hmm. unfulfilled, or they'll live life under, under the perspective of heaven. And so we want our children to live life under an eternal perspective rather than a temporary perspective. Because right. when, when you live life under a temporary perspective, it's shallow, it's, you know, I'll take what comes every day, whatever. Uh, but when you live life under eternal perspective, everything counts, everything. And so he says this, the preacher being wise, taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs. The word proverbs comes from the root word, which means rule. The sun ruled the day. The sun ruled the day, and the moon ruled the night. That word "rule," that that beautiful root word, is the exact same word for proverbs. The root word is, um, and it carries this idea that these words are not only these important statements, but these are the words that are to rule our lives. So the book of Proverbs is much more than these short, pithy statements. Right. This book is a book that teaches us how to live our lives, to rule our yeah. lives. And he says this. He says, um, the preacher sought to find words of delight or words of value or words of um, um, acceptance, okay? So that's the first word. This word, uh, words of delight, when a child reads something, he needs to read something that brings delight to his soul, value to his life, and it's acceptable. You feel it. You understand it. So that's yeah. the first, first word that he uses, the words of delight. Second is words of truth. And the third is words of the wise. And he says this, these words, tr delight, truth, and wisdom, need to be like goads, prickers, fastened like nails, given by, I love this, one shepherd. That phrase, one shepherd, appears four times in the Bible. Jesus quotes it himself in John chapter 10, and Jesus claims that he himself is the one, one shepherd. shepherd. Yeah. In Ezekiel, twice it's mentioned, it's referring to the Messiah to come. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, this one shepherd appears in the book of Ecclesiastes out of nowhere. There's no one shepherd in the entire book. It comes out of nowhere in the last paragraph of this amazing book. And Jesus says, I'm giving you words of delight, truth, and wisdom to be goads, to be fastened like nails, to be your worldview. Yeah. And then he says this, my son, beware anything beyond these is going to harm you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt your soul. Lot's righteous soul was vexed from day to day by the things he saw and heard. He didn't do the things. He just saw and heard them. Yvette, this is, for me, one of the most important things in my life because Satan is such a deceiver. He's, he's deceiving us to think that we can violate these standards. Yeah. You cannot violate the standards of delight, truth, and wisdom and, and escape the harmfulness of it. For example, um, dystopian literature, it's all over the place. More volume sold than any other genre in this history. And it teaches four main basic truths. Don't trust parental authority. Don't trust legal authority. Don't trust um, government authority. And become the authority of 
your be your own authority. That's what it teaches. And but people, because because on the premise of false love, they're saying, no, we're going to bring love back into society by resetting society and discarding all the old things and starting something new. So the whole thing's based on the false premise of we're going to bring love back into the world by discarding the old and bringing in the new. And what they've done is they've become a law unto themselves right. and not following the laws of God. Right. You know, right. and so so that's how harmful these things are. Harry Potter, um, dystopian literature, um, Call of the Wild. Some of the classic books that our children are reading in homeschooling today are extremely dangerous. If they do not possess a worldview that is that is following the boundaries that God has set, God says, my son, if you violate these things, if you go beyond words of delight, acceptable, valuable, eternal, if you go beyond words of delight, words of truth, and words of wisdom, it will harm your soul. Yeah. And I... I, I you know, I, I'd say, let's do this. For those parents out there that say, well, my children, though, they get, to, they get to, to see both good and bad. They get to be able to process. They get to be able to think logically. They be able to, to, to gain. No, it's not true. That's not what's really happening. But listen to this. If you can gain an understanding of this book, if you could read it from Genesis to Revelation and study it and search for the truths like hidden treasure and fall in love with it, and mm -hmm. in, in, like, for example, Psalm 1611, one of my favorite verses says, um, I will make known unto you the path of life. In my presence is fullness of joy. At my right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm, Psalm 8411 says, he's a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. Um, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. Second um, Chronicles 16, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world, seeking those whose hearts are completely his. Yeah, completely are, his. Yeah. That's the Not key. Not just partly his. Yeah, and so and so reading, reading is so powerful. It it helps forms our values, our convictions, our worldview. And there are two point two million books out there every year. Let's find yeah. the books that our children that are going to really uh, come alongside and align with God's delight, truth, and wisdom. Let's do that first. Let's give them eighteen years of this, and then later on, if they want to go out there and study something, they've got a firm foundation. Right. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I got three master's degree and a doctorate. I can hear. I can say this: you don't need any of those other books mm -hmm. to help you in this life. In fact, if you have God's wisdom, you have everything you need for life and godliness. Amen. Yeah. On that note, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. As we try to impart a biblical worldview in our children and equip them to be salt and light in an increasingly secular culture, we need tools to explain how the scriptures mold our view of every subject we teach. We need homeschool curriculum that shows how the Lord rules over everything we learn while stretching our children to follow Him wherever He leads. Learn how BJU Press Homeschool has served thousands of Christian homeschool families just like yours by visiting BJUPressHomeschool.com. Are you ready to restore our constitutional republic? Patriot Academy is on the front lines of the mission to educate, train, and inspire millions of citizens to know and live their freedoms. With courses and materials from America's Constitution coach, Rick Green, Patriot Academy's Constitution training will equip you to be a leader in your community. You don't have to know anything about history, the Constitution, or the law to get started. The courses and coach training are free. Find a class today or sign up to be a Constitution coach at patriotacademy.com. Again, that's patriotacademy.com. We are back with Dr. Mark Hamby. 
Um, you know, before the break, you were you were reading out of Ecclesiastes, and it actually prompted me. I thought about this verse. This is Ecclesiastes chapter twelve, verses thirteen and fourteen, and this I believe is one of the most powerful parts of all of Scripture. And it says this: It says, "The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man." For God will bring every deed into judgment mm. with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Mm-hmm. And man, that's so powerful because really, I mean, the whole duty of man is to keep his commandments and he is going to mm-hmm. judge the mm-hmm. good from the evil. And as I think about that, you know, I think through there, we all have done things, you know, maybe read things or watch things that we have, you know, that we regret. Mm-hmm. But Psalm 51 10 says, created me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Hmm. And that's such a powerful verse to then, Mm -hmm. you know, counter this one in that God creates a clean heart in us. Um, And so, you know, there's so much redemption in God. And even with our kids, you know, if our kids have read things that maybe are not pleasing to the Lord, or if we have, God can create in us a clean heart and bring us back to himself. And then we have a pure heart that we can go forth in for the rest of our life. And I just think, you know, we have so little time Mm-hmm. on this earth and you Amen. talk about you know the millions of books that are are yeah. Yeah. Um, published each year mm-hmm. we have such a short amount of time ourselves in this life mm-hmm. but we have an even shorter amount of time with our kids to mm-hmm. raise them up in godliness Amen. and we don't have time to waste you know it's interesting i uh, uh i don't know how many years ago maybe 30 years ago i made a promise um that i would um if if anything I was watching, a movie, television, whatever, if they ever used the Lord's name in vain, then I would shut it off because mm-hmm. I felt like I'm, I'm bringing someone into my home, into my presence with my family. And if, if someone were to walk into my home and they were to use that kind of language, I would make them stop, right. you know, and I would talk to them. Because it's offensive. It, it, it's offensive to my family and offensive to God. Right. And, um, and not everyone has those kinds of standards. Some people don't, you know, think it's the wrong thing. But for me, my, it was my personal conviction. But since that time, um, it has uh, taken away almost 99% of any movie that I could watch. Right. You know, so, so I got a ClearPlay um, device that allows me to watch anything I want um, and not hear any swearing, you know, any um, obscenity, sex, violence, yeah. et cetera. And so one day my wife and I were watching a movie and um, it lasted four minutes. And we were like, <laughs> What on earth just just happened? And I realized, you know what? I think I'm doing. I think I'm. I think this isn't even helping me. I think this is just. This isn't even helpful to do that. So I mean, we all, we we come with all kinds of, you know, ways to overcome it because you know sometimes you're tired. You want to watch something, but I have not found it being edifying whatsoever. And here's here's why. Um, that verse that you just read in Hebrew it says this. It says um, the goal. Of, that word you said matter, the end of the matter, the goal of the word, that word matters, the word for word, the goal of the word, all has been said, fear God, keep his commandments. For this, you read the whole duty of man. In the Hebrew, it says, for this is all of man. You know, yeah. and like you said, we have just a little bit of time left. You know, and the word of God is, like you said, purifying. And we, we've got to be purified in order, if you're not purified, if you're not and I don't want to see things the way God wants you to see them. That's where the Beatitudes, I love them. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see evidence of God. Yeah. You know, my kids, we used to play a game called sightings. And uh, every time we saw evidence of God's working in our lives, we would yell out sightings. And we'd be like, where, what, what? You know, and, and uh, one day I was um, at a bank and going through the drive-thru. And, and uh, I had David in the back in the car seat. Jennifer was in the front. 
and they were young and the teller sent a, a sucker um, and I pressed, they didn't have one for David. And I thought I pressed back and I said, Hey, can I have another one, please? And she goes, we don't give them it's real snotty. We don't give them to adults. <laughs> and I was like, and I said something a little bit, it's not, you know, it's not for me. It's for my son in the back that you don't see. I didn't say it in the best way. And my little girl, Jennifer, she yelled out sightings. I'm like, where? She goes, in the kind words that you could have said. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> you know, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, you know? <laughs> and, and, and before that, it's, you know, blessed are the merciful. Yeah. And um, it, w- when we're merciful, we start seeing others the way God sees them. That All of the, the Beatitudes are written sequen- sequentially. And, um, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, it starts off, blessed are the pure and heart, blessed are the poor in spirit. You got to be broken and humble. Then blessed are those who cry those who mourn. And um, if you cry out and you mourn, you know, then the next one is you become meek, blessed are the meek and gentle. And then you hunger and thirst for more of that kind of righteousness. And then God starts to fill you. Um, Okay. So back on track here. Yes. Back on track, except that we're out of time. (laughs) So we're going to get back on track tomorrow. (laughs) We will absolutely be back tomorrow to continue this conversation. So many good things to talk about. I know that I am being greatly encouraged by Dr. Mark Hamby. I'm sure that you are too. Uh, Thank you guys for listening today. Please watch the movie. If you have not yet seen the movie Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution, go to our website, schoolhouserocked.com. All the information is on there on how you can get a hold of this movie. We are so excited and share it with your friends. Invite your friends to your home, share it with them, bring some encouragement to them as well. Thank you for joining us. We will be back with you tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. 